the Sports Complex afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. Back to the sports complex on a Wednesday afternoon. Big show for you today. Talking about Texas versus BYU. We're moving on to the next week, getting into some BYU talk today. More talk about Malik Murphy and what it means to have a starting quarterback midway through your season. How Sark can learn from what he has dealt with in the past two years. All of that. We'll get into a little bit more NBA talk. Some NFL talk as well. Play some sound from Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. We can mention the World Series is set as well. And of course, your text, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. is the text line. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. All you got to do is text in. If you get us some takes, we'll get to the Patrick's Big Fat Poll. Give you a question for the day. To, to respond to, but if you've got things you want to talk about, questions, comments, concerns, hot takes, any of that, send that in, 512-447-3776. Uh, let's get to some Texas football uh, and uh, get to the BYU game. We're moving on from Houston. It was not pretty. There's a lot of things that need to be fixed. Texas knows about them. They're trying to fix them going forward. Hopefully, this was the worst coach game we will see, the worst play-called game. That for whatever reason, we can put this as an outlier of play calling for the season. That this was the worst I think he that Sark looked and that PK probably looked in this season. So hopefully that's an outlier. We'll see going into BYU. But you need to show a BYU that Houston was more the outlier week. That Houston was the not up for it after a bye week and after a big Oklahoma game and after that big party, the first part of your season. That maybe you weren't fully up for it, maybe weren't fully into it, maybe the injuries to your secondary and Ryan Watts and Jalen Catalan and all of that started to add up for you, and maybe that started to take you down. You need to figure that out. You need to figure out the, the communication in your secondary to get that communication on your defense up to the next level. The run defense was stout. It's going to need to be stout again against BYU, whose run game has improved the last few weeks. It was really not good for the beginning of the season uh, but it has improved as time has gone on in the season. They've gotten a few more runs in. You know, they, they're still not a, a potent run offense. You should still be able to stop this team at the run. And and the more the Texas defensive line can stop BYU from running the ball, the more you make BYU one-dimensional, then it comes back to can the secondary communicate? Can the secondary come in and do their job and slow down this BYU team in a way they couldn't against Houston? Sark spoke on Monday to the media. We haven't played you this one yet, but this is Sark talking about BYU, getting you uh, just kind of a uh, synopsis 
of what he sees going into BYU and the fact that he is a BYU BYU alum, so uh, knows a lot of people over there, knows the program, has probably watched uh, plenty of BYU footage. Here's Sark talking about BYU. You know, we haven't been at home in about a month now, uh, and we're playing a really good BYU football team, uh, five and two. Um, obviously, my alma mater. I uh, know a lot of those coaches well. You know, Kalani Sataki and I were, were teammates uh, back in the day, and I can't believe he's in year eight and he's doing a heck of a job. Aaron Roderick, their offensive coordinator, was a, was a receiver of mine when I was there. Uh, so these guys are really good coaches. They've got really good schemes. They've got a veteran football team. Um, and they play extremely hard. They're tough-nosed. They're hard-nosed. Uh, they play the game with a real mentality, real effort-first team. I think the ball is going to be critical Saturday. Uh, I think they've created 15 turnovers on defense, and I think if you just watch the Tech game, if you want to talk about the deciding factor in the game was their ability to create five turnovers uh, and what it meant in that game. Uh, definitely got a veteran quarterback in, in Slovis. Uh, got a multitude of tight ends that they like to use. So, you know, we got our work cut out for us, but um, uh, looking forward to the opportunity to, to get back to DKR uh, and playing in front of our fans in, in a heck of a ball game. So let's start with the defensive end for Texas. Let's start with what we know, what we just talked about, what they need to fix. And we'll move on to uh, what Texas needs to do offensively. Because offensively is not as hard. But defensively, what you need to do is this is not a super high-powered BYU offense. But he said Slovis is a veteran quarterback who can find ways to win games. Now, their run game hasn't been great. They picked it up in the last couple of weeks. I believe the numbers looked a little bit better last week because of a big 55-yard run. But if you take that run out, the numbers kind of drop back to the average where they're not getting over 100 yards rushing uh, for most of the season. So you should be able to hold them under 100 pretty easily. You'd like this Dixon's defensive line to be able to hold them around 50 to 60 you know you're probably not going to get them down to what you have were able to hold Houston to but if you could hold them down closer to 50 to 60 yards rushing that would be a very good start for you but then it comes down to we know that BYU is going to try and replicate Oklahoma's game plan they're going to try and replicate some of Houston's game plan for Slovis and having an experienced quarterback that you're able to believe can go in and kind of pick up on some of the tendencies and be able to try and push and see if Texas can fix the problems they haven't been able to fix in the past two games. Are they going to be able to pick up on these short crossing routes? Now, Texas was doing better at fixing that, but then after some injuries, it kind of resorted back. And then, you know, if you don't, if the, the refs are not going to call it a certain way, which I, you know, they're, they're, it's not that they're not calling it even, you're just not trying it on the other end, then you need to be able to push and and really go after this BYU offense. You need to take a veteran quarterback in Slovis and try and push him out of his comfort zone. Like It's what we talked about with Donovan Smith last week. You didn't want to allow Donovan Smith to sit in the pocket, feel comfortable, and start airing the ball out. And that's what they did. Is They got some pass rush early, but by in the second half, he was able to sit in that pocket and plant his feet and get good throws off and start to see the offense and start to see where the receivers are going to be and really feel it out. And, and, you know, he got a better feel for where defenders were going to be positioned and the linebackers and the safeties, and he just felt it. And if you're PK, I know you, you're working through injuries, but you have to start changing up some of the the positions and, and positioning of your players and changing up who's blitzing and who's showing and, 
and dropping back some guys. And now with Ethan Burke hurt as well, which we, you know, he maybe, I mean, we, you know, we'll get the report tomorrow, I'm sure, of who's, you know, definitely out for tomorrow. But uh, if we care for Saturday, but you're going to need to be able to get guys to get some pressure on Slovis to make him not be able to sit in a pocket and see what this Texas team is doing. And for the past few weeks, you've allowed the quarterbacks to pick apart this team by seeing kind of the same looks over and over again and finding where there's there's lapses in it. Finding that, you know, when they go back and they're on their tablet on the sideline and the wide receiver says, I was wide open, you know, okay, let's draw the play back up where you get back over on Taff or you get back over on another play or someone else where you know, all right, if we run this bunch formation, we can kind of confuse them and we'll get you on a safety and you'll blow past them. And BYU is going to be doing the same thing. And you can try and work on this in the secondary. We played you some sound from Rod yesterday. If you missed that, it's on the podcast page at hornfm.com of, you know, trying to switch up and maybe moving Jade Barron back in some of those third and long situations into more of a safety role in those two to alleviate the pressure, playing Derek Williams some more uh, on those to kind of help you out to not get guys to be able to open it up over the top of you. But at the same point, and then be able to play more man-on-man because you have a little bit more speed and you're not as worried about playing the zone where they can pick it out in between, in front of you. You're going to need to be able to fix those problems. Or else you'll have a problem again where Slovis hasn't had a lot of great games, but he can go out there and if he just does enough – and if he just gets him downfield and gets you one or two big plays and gets those touchdowns, then it could be the difference because on the reality, their offense isn't great enough that you expect this offense for BYU to put up 30 points. You expect them, if they play really, really well, you know, and you don't turn the ball over, 14 to 20 is really a high number for this BYU offense, I think. But that's the thing. If you don't turn the ball over and you're about to put in Malik Murphy, who is a an inexperienced quarterback. He is a quarterback that is going to be in a situation with a not great defense in a lot of ways, but they can get you to turn the ball over and they can get you to make mistakes that are very costly. And that is where you have to have to worry about Malik Murphy in this game is to continue to move the ball, not give them opportunities, not give them short fields where they're able to kind of make something special happen. You're going to have to create offense and, you, I, as much as you want to run the ball, you have to still pass the ball. You can't be one-dimensional. You can't not throw the ball when you have Jordan Whittington, Xavier Worthy, uh, Adonai Mitchell, and J.T. Sanders. And we know J.T. Sanders hasn't been the same guy uh, since he got hurt, but hopefully that as time goes on, he'll get better and better. The one thing I think you have to work on with Mike Murphy is making sure not that he doesn't just throw interceptions because that's something you always want to worry about is you know not throwing the ball into – Defense. I think it's long balls, putting some some arc on them to allow a player to get underneath them, to allow a player to get to the ball and, and make his own play, and allow you know a, a, a wide receiver to go make a play on the ball, and to not bullet pass things in short yardage. That's one of my bigger concerns about a guy that I think has a great arm that we haven't seen him play. I don't. I don't have any reason to believe that he can't read a defense. I don't have any reason to believe that he can't produce for for Texas. I don't have any reason to believe any of that. But I've from what I've seen in the spring game, from what I've seen in his few passes during the season, he rockets the ball a lot. And that can be a good thing, but that can be a dangerous thing. Because 
the further downfield you rocket the ball, the less likely for a tip drill. You're playing one-on-one coverage. Both guys are running. It makes it a little bit harder to do. Now, it's still possible, but also you have to hit a guy dead on to get that tip drill too. But in closer yardage, you can hit a guy right in the numbers that's you know, 15, 20 yards away from you. You can hit him dead on the numbers or hit him a little bit higher in, that, in the face mask, and that ball comes flying off off his shoulder pads or something, and that ball goes flying up in the air and it becomes a tip drill. That's what I think you need to worry about if you're Texas from Lake Murphy. There's not a lot else going on in this BYU defense. We can play you uh, what Sark had to say about this BYU defense. There's not a ton that you have to extremely worry about except turning the ball over. Here's Sark talking about the BYU defense. I think you know Jay, Jay and uh, Kalani go back to Utah days, um, and so that's kind of a – you know, if you think about Kyle Whittingham and and those great defenses that they've had at Utah over the years, and and Kalani and Jay were there for, for a lot of those years. That's a very aggressive style, very attacking, uh, attack the line of scrimmage. Defensive line is penetrating. Um, you know, they're they're trying to get into the backfield. Um, you know, I, I think they they have a lot of confidence in their players and in their scheme. Um, they do a good job on first down, second down of mixing things up, and on, on third down, how can they get to the quarterback? But in the end, they're ball conscious, and and you see the turnovers and when they come and why they come. I think their players are really aware uh, the coverages that they're playing, and I think that goes back to coaching. You know, those guys are good coaches. They've been doing it a long time. Got a ton, a ton of respect for them. And that's what you say, ball conscious, basically. You, they, they're not necessarily going to have the great play where Malik Murphy tries to fit it into a gap and a safety comes over from 15 yards away and swoops in and picks the ball. That's not necessarily the ball conscious that we're talking about. I'm more worried about the ball conscious of a ball gets thrown too hard, bounces off a shoulder pad, or a receiver can't make the, the pull in on it just because they're not used to playing together enough and that turns into six points or that turns into a short field for BYU. Uh, you know, and that can be on something as easy too as them trying to get pressure and Malik Murphy being the the giant that he is and this this uh, this huge man that you know when they come in they may not he may be able to evade them to a point but then throwing the ball off a foot still having that power behind it but putting it off off target and uh, again a tip drill that the ball conscious part of it is really more of the worry for me. Can this team? Can Malik Murphy? Be patient with the with the football. Can he learn to get that just a little bit more touch on the ball? Because you're gonna need just those little, just a little passes, just first downs, just first downs. Now the fun part is if you play your game and if Lee Murphy does well and you're able to start going those those deep passes where he can put the ball and you know if that offensive line can protect and you get what you're going. Then yeah, we're gonna. I think we're gonna get to see Sark try and open up, you know, Malik Murphy a little bit and try and see if he can get that that long shot down the field and see if he's maybe got because Sark wants to know too the same thing we all want to know. Sark wants to know if he's got the arm that hey man maybe maybe we need to use him a little bit you know even if Quinn maybe let's look at what he can do in these deep passes can he read the safeties a little bit better than Quinn is he gonna hit some more of these deep passes because if he can do that. It changes your perspective on the season. I know you want Quinn to be the guy, but you want to see what Malik Murphy can do, and it it changes for next season. Let's see what he can do, or do we? You know, does he not have the touch? And you know, we we go to an arch. I don't think that's the case. I think you're going to Malik Murphy. 
I think Malik Murphy is going to be a great quarterback for Texas, or at least a good quarterback for Texas, as he gets his feet underneath him. But you're worried about the one thing you have to look at, and the one thing they have to make sure is to not have him try to make a play and end up costing Texas more. Because I don't know if your margin, your vic, your margin of victory here, and your window of being able to make mistakes is as big as it was for Houston, where you made a ton of mistakes and it was okay. You were still able to win the game, not okay, but you were able to still win. Uh, Tech BYU is a uh, seventeen and a half point underdog. Last I looked, which is still amazing. That's when I keep saying it's you know I, I don't you know not trying to beat a dead horse about being optimistic after. The, the Houston game, but they still are the number seven team in the country and people around in Vegas and everybody else still believes in this Texas team that they can still get a three score victory on another team in a power five conference. They still believe this is a team that can bounce back with a backup quarterback. The line is still 17 and a half. So people still do believe in this Texas team. You want to see Malik Murphy step up and be that reason. We were all so excited after the spring game that he decided to stay that you know that this Texas team has three quarterbacks you can believe in because we knew, you know, the odds are, and I know Rod Babers has gone through this multiple times, about, you know, how many times Texas has had a starting quarterback play all throughout the season without injury. It just doesn't happen a ton. So we knew this position may come up. I'm sure Sark did too. I'm sure Sark is going to have to learn from, you know, when he went to Casey Thompson to Hudson Card and the growing pains that were in within that uh, and, you know, trying to get through and trying to learn. And the difference of how Hudson Card was coming in for Quinn Ewers instead of coming in for Casey Thompson, that the difference of that Hudson Card, hopefully Sark has progressed in learning how to deal with his quarterbacks. He One of the things he said at his press conference was they was asked about the conversations you have with your quarterback and if, if he has talked to Malik, if he's talked to Arch, about certain plays that they really like and plays they feel more comfortable with, and this is what Sark had to say. No, that that's a, that's a weekly dialogue. Um, so with us, you know, when we when we put together a game plan, there's constant dialogue throughout the week with the quarterbacks and how we're reading it and what, how how we want to do it. Um, and then we try to we try to devise the reps in practice so that guys are getting reps of of specific plays and things. And then on Friday night, every Friday night before every game. Myself, Coach Mill, we, we sit with all the quarterbacks and, and we walk through the call sheet and we'll ask them their favorite plays in this situation, that situation. And so we kind of have a, a, a running log of the plays that they mark that they like, right? And so, you know, seven weeks into the season, I've, I've got seven straight weeks of information from Malik of the plays that he feels comfortable with. And so now as we start to devise a plan, um, I don't always necessarily have to wait till Friday to ask him what he wants because the majority of the things that are in this plan, I already know he feels really comfortable with. So that's something good to see that they had been, you know, they've been putting that behind, which you should be doing. All coaches should be doing. But a lot of times you don't necessarily think about that until it's too late. So it's good that they have some things that they're ready for, that they know plays that they maybe Quinn Ewers wasn't as favorable with, that it wasn't his type of play, but Malik Murphy really wants to do it, and Sark will be thrilled to put those in the playbook. Uh, we're going to get to your text, 512-447-3776. Uh, before we do, let's hit the big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Big fat poll of the day today, 512-447-3776 is the text line number. 
this is a simple one. I know it may wording may sound weird, but basically we want to look at the run pass split of what percentage you're kind of looking for for running pass. So the question today is what percentage of pass plays do you want to see called on Saturday for Texas? How many passes do you want to see versus runs? I can say how many run plays do you want to hear see called, but I'm just going to go with the pass plays is what we're going to say is do you want to see a quarter of the plays be pass plays? Do you want it to be a very run heavy offense? Do you want to see them to trust Malik Murphy a little bit more and try and go a little bit closer 60-40? Are you saying go 60-40 pass? You know, BYU's not going to expect it. Malik Murphy's a good quarterback. You still have all the wide receivers. Is that what you're thinking? Do you think 50-50? Let's go. And I get playing it by ear. Look, I understand. <laughs> you know, before you text in, let's see how the game goes. Of course. But I'm saying if you were to, if you were to guess the game plan, if you're saying this is what I would like to see and let's go from there, it may be saying let's go 50-50 and then play it by ear. Maybe that's what you're saying. I, I don't want to you know, push back and, and, you know, have my playbook. I like my playbook to be 50% run plays, 50% pass plays and be right down the middle. And, and we'll call it down there. We know, depending on where we're at, if we can't run the ball, we'll just throw it all day. We don't care. Or you could say, I don't, you know, I, my game plan is going to be built around the run. I want to run the football. This is a BYU team that has allowed a lot of rushing yards. A lot of teams have got through. Now you have to be dual, you know, a dual threat team to kind of allow that. Or else they can line up in the box and stack the box and make Malik Murphy prove them wrong. But what's that number? What percentage of pass plays do you want to see called for, for Malik Murphy for this Texas team? What what kind of percentage are you looking at of pass plays you like to see? If you want to tell me kind of formations, if you'd like to see, if you want to break it down into short and long passes and, and mid-range or you know screens or any of that, put that in the text line. Anything else you want to hit up to? We always love your text. 512-447-3776. We're going to take a break, look at some of those texts, and play some sound from uh, Hook Em Up. We come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn on a Wednesday afternoon. Playing basketball songs for you all week since the start of the basketball season. Had a couple games last night. Nothing too surprising. We got to dig in to see Phoenix in the new iteration of no one can guard them, but Golden State could kind of guard them. Uh, we got to see uh, we got to see the Lakers uh, and Anthony Davis once again, making everybody who hates Anthony Davis uh feel really good about themselves to say a bunch of bad things about a guy i look he had a bad second half i'll get him then i i I think there's potential but i agree with you he is uh he is probably past the point in his career where he is a reliable number one uh he's probably past that i'll give you that uh and the debut of victor Wembanyama tonight playing against the dallas mavericks happens at 8 30 on espn uh so something to watch there as we will get to see the debut of the Spurs with Victor Wembanyama. We will see this this Mavs team that is, you know, basically replaced three starters on it from last year. That the the reporting the starting lineup will be 
with Josh Green, who wasn't a starter last year, with Vic, uh, with uh, Grant Williams that hasn't been a starter this, that wasn't a starter last year, was playing for the Celtics last year, and Derek Lively, who's a rookie. So we will see both those lineups tonight. Some other big games, lots of games happening across the NBA. We'll get into a little bit more NBA preview in the six o'clock hour, but we want to get to your text five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Uh, we're asking you what percentage of pass plays do you want uh, called on Saturday for Texas? Uh, that is what we're looking for. You know, you can say run, you know, it, we're basically talking run pass. And we're thinking about how many pass plays you can say short yardage, long yardage, kind of give you the idea, idea there. And uh, by the way, I didn't start the show. I should have started the show uh, by mentioning that Ryan Wingo the five-star wide receiver commit has committed to Texas. Uh, did that about an hour before the show started. I should have started that. Texas gets another five-star uh, wide receiver coming to Texas. So big news there as well. Uh, but let's go and get to your text on text line 512-447-3776. Uh, first text says, BYU is not very good. Beat Tech by two touchdowns. And Tech played a freshman third team quarterback and five uh, Tech turnovers. Uh, those tech turnovers were actually giveaways, not earned by BYU. I look, I, I think five. If you're getting five, you you're probably earning at least one of those. I know they're giveaways, but at some point you still have to be there. And that's kind of what Sark said. Ball conscience. I think Texas, they're not going to come out and, and scheme a great way to get a, a turnover from Texas, but Texas may put the ball where it needs to be. It is a very inexperienced quarterback. I'm not saying bad, I'm saying inexperienced. Not saying he can't be he can't be great. Not saying that. Just saying he's inexperienced. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we get uh, someone calling him Predator. The Predator hair. We get that one. Uh, Chief Engineer does say 60-40 uh, split. 60-40 split. Run heavy. If they can uh, have more creativity in the run play calling, you would hope they would. You'd hope that Sark would realize he needs to put a little bit more in there. Maybe try some different things. But I think his creativity, too, again, falls into... Uh, letting, you know, putting Xavier Worthy on a screen or or AD Mitchell or somebody like that. Uh, But a lot of screens as well. Those screens, that's what I'm saying. It's the screens. I just want to see him get a little bit more touch. So power but touch on those screens uh, to get the ball right where it needs to be and not have uh, any tip drills in the screen game or not have anything, you know, result in any bad bad plays on the screenplay. That's all. It's just a hard pass. I've played enough you know, schoolyard football in my life that those plays are tip up plays a lot. And you've watched enough football that those are tip up plays a lot. Uh, so you just want to make sure that you're, you're aware of that and you're, you're ready for it. That for Texas, what running backs and wide receivers on those screens, sure hands, get the ball, get it down and go for it. Uh, <laughs> this texter just says bombs. You just want the bombs. From Malik Murphy. I know with Quinn Ewers, we just wanted the bombs too. He's got the arm as well. But Malik Murphy seems to put it there in, uh, in record time. So, yeah, the timing of getting those down uh, as he's throwing right now, the timing is going to be uh, super important. And I don't know if they've had a, you know, a one week of timing with a lot of these number ones may not be fully there. But I agree with you. Uh, I like, I'd like to see some bombs. I'd love to see some bombs down there. Uh Ideally, I don't think you ever want to go over 50% passing plays. I agree with that. I, I gave a stat earlier this year about teams that run the ball more than they pass it, that they are, um, you know, have a better winning percentage, which there's two reasons for that. But, yes, you ideally like to run the ball more than you pass it. However, that's not always a choice, and Sark has not always been that guy. 
Sark has been a guy who throws the ball and likes to throw the ball a lot. And then when he gets ahead late in the game, then he runs the ball a bunch and, and the numbers kind of go. But if you say in the third quarter, you're going 70-30, and then all of a sudden you even it back up because the fourth quarter you only run the ball, I, I, you know, you're kind of saying, what do you want to go throughout the whole game? Daydrinker77 says 60-40, run heavy first quarter, then blow the doors off with the pass. And I've wanted to see Malik all season. Look, we all want to we all want to see Malik play, and that's kind of why we wanted this offense to open up a little bit more. We'd like to see him get in and show you some things in in later in games. But to see him against a starting team, a team that now knows to game plan for him, even though they don't have film, they are game planning for him. That is kind of the Malik Murphy you want to see. We get an all pass, no breaks from uh, from someone there. I like that all pass, no breaks. I, I'm going to say run the ball. I'm going to say run the ball. I'd like it to be at least 60-40. Uh, run plays personally, but you know I, I think you do have to even it out. You do have to throw the ball. The question is where which downs do you pick to do that? Uh, Ian Robbie, hook him up. They talked about Malik Murphy. Had some good takes on it this morning uh, on hook him up weekday morning six to eleven right here on the Horn. So I want to play some sound from them talking about Malik Murphy, talking about going into the big game. Uh, here's hook him up from this morning, Ian Robbie. All right, let's start to uh, talk about BYU a little bit. But actually, mostly this week is about Texas. <laughs> and, you know, what is Texas capable of with Malik Murphy as the uh, backup quarterback? Um, uh, even if Arch Manning's getting out there, what is he? What is the offense capable of with those two uh, starting uh, starting at the quarterback position? Um, Malik's obviously going to start that game, but you have to have Arch Manning ready to play. And as he mentioned, this is a really good, favorable. It's a favorable situation. Say good, favorable situation for a young quarterback to make their first start because at least you're at home. That always helps. Um, but here's the uh, statistical rankings for the uh, BYU defense in the most uh, notable defensive categories. Scoring defense, 61st. That's not terrible. Uh, they're 80th in rush defense, 100th in pass defense, 98th in total defense, 103rd in third down defense, 99th in 10-plus yard plays allowed, 85th in 20-plus yard plays allowed, 130th in tackles for loss, 127th in sacks. It is, it's a fav- seven sacks, Rod. Yeah, exactly. So I say it's a favorable matchup. Now, the only thing that is not necessarily a favorable matchup when in regards to Texas versus BYU and Texas offense versus BYU's defense, they are a very opportunistic defense. They uh, lead the Big 12 in takeaways uh, with 16, got 16 takeaways, and they're, they're third in the country, second in the Big 12 in turnover margin. Uh, blind, actually, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is second in the country uh, and actually lead the Big 12 in turnover margin. In this matchup, that's going to be huge because we actually don't know if Malik Murphy is – careless with the football or not we just haven't seen enough of Malik Murphy to know if he's careless with football if he is and young quarterbacks have growing pains um, and even if he's not careless with the football he can end up making a mistake or two if he ends up making a mistake um, you know and turn the football over that's how BYU is winning football games it's not with elite offense (laughs) and it's not with elite defense they're just winning turnover margin they're not beating themselves all right, they're not beating themselves, and they're allowing opponents to make mistakes and ultimately beat and ultimately to beat themselves. So they try to play as much mistake-free football as they can. That's going to be important for Texas. That's why you can expect the game plan to be a little bit conservative. Uh, not only because you got a young quarterback out there, and the best friend of a young quarterback is a running game, uh, but also because this is the one thing that BYU can hurt you with is takeaways. They got 16 of them. That's top five in the country. And that's not just. In terms of takeaways, they're they're fifth in the country in takeaways. Well, That's you, one thing they do good defensively. 
Um, so I think that's what they're going to try to lean their head on. And, and what they're going to do is, and Sark knows this because he said, I got to start preparing for this because half of your opponents, more than half of your opponents, have presented you with a look on game day that they did not show you on film, which means they had a special game plan just for you because they really like <laughs> All right, they really like Steve Zarkeesian. So you can expect BYU, especially since there's a, a personal factor here with Steve Sarkeesian, that being his alma mater, him playing quarterback there, and uh, the head coach and Steve Sarkeesian having familiarity and knowing each other and being uh, former you know, coaches with each other, that kind of thing. I think you can expect BYU to have a similar uh, approach to Oklahoma, to U of H, to Wyoming and to Rice to throw something at Texas that they did not expect that they did not prepare for on the field that they did not see on film. Yeah, that's well said. And uh, you, get, you mentioned the, the the national stats. I mean, the fact that they're 60th in total in scoring defense, they'd be a lot lower if they weren't getting these turnovers, right? I mean, that's no really skewing it. Yes. Uh, and I again, I was in Fort Worth, actually up that way at my daughter's um, deal for my daughter in Denton when t- when TCU played BYU. So the game was on wherever we were. Uh, in near Fort Worth, and that game was never close. And TCU's not very good, Rod. TCU started yeah. a backup quarterback, and they're a young quarterback in that game, and they didn't turn the ball over, and they won it easily. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, I remember some eyebrows were raised when BYU beat Arkansas and Fayetteville. Like, ooh, that's a big win. Well, now you look up, and Arkansas is two and six, and zero and five in the Struggling. SEC, and that the the the. the the bloom is off the rose for Sam Pittman now in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not a very good team, and so that's who they beat. So the, the five and two record is deceiving, but the Longhorns, you know, they're six and one. We know they just won on a good fortune call at the end of a ball game in a, a bad spot, and they had to hold on for that game. But they, they on paper, this shouldn't be a very close football game, even with a backup quarterback, because you are at home. You do have a week to get that quarterback ready to go. Uh, and it's 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 a game you need to go get a victory against because BYU, they just some everything metric tells you they don't match up on lines of scrimmage yet. They don't. And that's what was the same conversation about Houston. Uh, these new schools that are coming into the Big 12, and, and Dana Holgerson even said it. You know, we were playing a four-down line in the American Athletic Conference, and we were pretty good at it on defense. We went to the Big 12. We realized pretty quickly. You pushed around. That ain't going to work. Now with, now, with your, <laughs> now with your four guys. Yeah. Not until yeah. we start recruiting to the yeah. Big 12 level. We ain't going to do that. Yep. Uh, so, and BYU, even though they have big physical veteran players, mm-hmm. it's a different animal. It's a different animal. Texas should be able to win with their big humans, Rod. And that's the other thing about BYU, what they don't have that Houston had last week, they don't have those receivers. No, they don't. And they don't have the quarterback. Right? Right. He doesn't slow his, uh, he said he's no Donovan Smith <laughs> um, because he doesn't have the element of the run game. He doesn't have uh, the functional mobility. Um, he's not a dual threat quarterback, uh, but also they don't have the talent on the outside to hurt Texas in, 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 in open space. Houston had right? great receivers going. They're really yeah. good receivers. We said we said that over and over last week. Tried to warn you. <laughs> yeah, Matthew Golden and Man Jack and all these dudes. Then this walk-on steps up. Now they got four good receivers down yeah. there in Houston. Uh, BYU doesn't seem to have that kind of firepower. And you mentioned Keaton Slovis. How many teams has he been on? He's been a transfer portal darling. But as we found out last night from Jerry Hamilton, he's got negative 230 rushing yards for his career. Yeah, he's not. He's negative not, 230. Yeah. He's not. He's not a runner at all. And they don't have a sophisticated passing offense to hurt Texas. They run a lot of crossing routes, as Sark said, but it's not terribly sophisticated. If they are hurting Texas on the same issues that U of H did and Oklahoma did, then man, we have to drop down the our, our expectations even more yeah. for that Texas defense. But I doubt that'll be the case. Um, okay, real quick, we got a couple pieces of sound here. Um, that I want to play in regards to uh, Malik Murphy and his 
um, a couple of players. The first one, can we have the Corey Mose piece uh, here? Um, KD24. Yeah, he does a great job. Um, and he interviewed Tavondre Sweat and Christian Jones, asked him about uh, Malik Murphy in the locker room, and asked him about his performance after the U of H game when he came in. Um, here is uh, Tavondre Sweat. He's the first one, and then after that is uh, Christian Jones. He played his ass off, I believe. He been at it, in, I believe so. It didn't shock me, you know what I mean? That's him. What's the comfortability factor when the league comes to the What's the comfortability? Oh, yeah, man, it's solid, solid. Uh, we practice with him. We got uh, reps with him every single every single day, every single week. And uh, he's a great, great quarterback, great athlete, doing his thing. And, uh, man, I love blocking for him. And uh, he came up, he stepped up, and uh, he, he did his job, and, and he he rallied the team to, to a win. So. It's very, very good to see from from him being young and uh, stepping up and and not not being too uh, too shy for the moment. So yes, sir. I like that the defensive guys are very confident in Malik because, like I said, they go up against Malik. Because I, I love Christian Jones, but Christian Jones does not practice with Malik. He doesn't, as he's a first team guy. He practices with Quinn. And now he's probably practicing with league because he's getting first-team reps. But the, the defense actually goes up against the second and third-string quarterbacks often because they're usually running scout team. They're trying to get those guys some extra reps too. And I wonder – that's why the, the today Barron quote about Malik Murphy is really telling about the style of play you're going to get from Malik. And here's the quote. Uh, Shout-out to my friends in Inside Texas. He said, quote, I feel like he'll run the ball a little bit more. I like that about him, but his size allows him to get the ball out there. He likes to zip it. They like to throw a little bit different. Quinn has a touch. Malik is kind of a fastball person. Y'all will see he has a lot of power. He's a strong, athletic kid. Yeah, he's one of those fastball throwers. He's going to put a lot of velo on it. He's about force, all right, and he's about force to throwing the ball, and he's about velo. I, I knew a guy like that. Sims was kind of a fastball thrower, not as much touch, all right. You probably want more accuracy. You probably want more accuracy with Malik, but you're going to be able to see, and you probably saw it even in the U of H game, he throws the ball with a, a different type of force on uh, with the football, and the receivers got to get used to that too, but interesting that they noticed that, and even listen to Devondre Sweat, he's like, oh no, Ben had it in him, which means that guy's made plays against us, the first team defense. Remember, the first one to say that Brock Purdy was the real deal were the 49ers defenders. They were the first one to say, oh no, he's the real deal, because they've been going against him in practice. And they'd be like, how's this dude lighting us up in practice? Hope nobody is uh, reporting this because he's lighting us up. That's who knows about the second, third string quarterbacks. All right, last cut. This is actually uh, Peyton Kirkland. And he was on a, a podcast. I think it's the old rap podcast. So I want to make sure I give them credit. And he was being asked about the quarterbacks, period. And listen to him talk about Malik. Malik Murphy, the other quarterback, was also a five-star quarterback. Is is he? Where's he from? I didn't know. He's from California. California. Okay. Malik Malik is the truth, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he's the truth. Yeah. You know, he controls he controls the field when he's out there. You know, and I love I love playing with Malik. I love playing with Quinn. I love playing with Malik, and I love playing with Arch. But Malik, that boy, is true. He different. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So you guys, you, I mean, I, you feel confident no matter who who the coach is ended up choosing. 
All right, there you go. So he the truth. I he like the truth. That. Shout out to my man, Forty Acres Land Lawrence. Well, Peyton Kirkland, a young offensive lineman, would play a lot with Malik. Exactly. He plays with Malik. So the guys who are first team guys were like, he's like, yeah, take that, you know, you can take that with a grain of salt. But the second team guys and the defense that plays against Malik and practices against him, that those are the guys you need to listen to. And Peyton Kirkland, guys like Jade Barron, Tavondre Sweat, they're telling you Malik's the truth. Malik's the real deal. And this is a guy that probably could have started for, I don't know, twenty thirty. FBS programs right now easily. Easily. So yeah, he's, he's not some scrub, you know what I mean, coming no. up. He's just inexperienced, well, and we don't know how that's going to translate. We haven't seen him because Texas hadn't been blowing teams out, so you haven't gotten to see him much. He's only thrown eight passes. I think we all left the spring game going, damn, I hope that guy stays. Amen. Everybody that. around the country saw that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, he, he could have had his choice, but he elected to stay. He's a competitor. Um, and got a, got some money to be here, but now he gets his time. He gets his time to shine. Uh, he's believed in Steve, Steve Sarkeesian and vice versa. Some good stuff there from Hook'em Up with Ian Rob B. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. We're going to get back, uh, get to your text messages, 512-447-3776, asking what percentage of pass plays do you want to see called on Saturday for Texas? If things go according to plan, if everything, how many pass plays, what percentage would you like to see? To see? We're talking about... You know, if things go according to plan, I know you have to adjust. I know you have to adjust in game. Uh, if you'd like to talk about, you know, the kind of plays you're worried about or the plays you're excited about, what you're excited about, what you're worried about with BYU, send that into 512-447-3776. When we come back, some of your texts, 6 o'clock hour, we'll get some NFL, some NBA, all that coming up here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, Amtel 60, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. On s'est connu, on était gosses, c'était mon premier. Back on the sports complex here on the horn. Play basketball songs, and since Wimby is debuting later, play some some great Tony Parker jams. You didn't know Tony Parker had a rap career in France. That's Tony Parker for you. Just so you know, since Tony kind of made the French people love love San Antonio, and then you know now San Antonio is that made Wimby grow up a Spurs fan, and now he wanted to go to the Spurs, and he manifested it, and now he's a Spur, and that the the journey starts tonight. So excited for that as a Spurs fan. I uh, know Mavs fans probably not excited as excited about the start of the season, but maybe you got some you know new starters. We'll get into that a little bit more. We talk at some NBA in the six o'clock, uh, but let's get back to your text five one two four four seven three seven seven six. We're asking what percentage of pass plays do you want to see called on Saturday if everything goes right? Oklahoma Greg says it should be about a third pass, but knowing Sark it'll be half plus with more deep passes than Quinn takes because Malik has a big arm. I bet is. A deep pass will be taken on the first play. I, I like that pick. I like that if you're prop betting, take a big deep shot on the first play. I can believe it's a second play, though, too. I But I think in that first you know first few plays, we could see a ball downfield to see where it goes. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how Malik uh, handles throwing an interception because you can bet he will early. I don't know if he will or not because BYU is, not, again, not the team to you know do it I'm more worried about tip drills. I'm more worried about uh, you know a ball just bouncing and him having the arm that makes it fly off and be an easy floating pick for somebody. That's honestly more of a worry for that because I think he is going to be a good quarterback. And because of how hard he throws a ball, 
and I'm not sure too many defenders are going to have the touch to go pick that ball off really easily. Uh, but then the question is, can our receivers catch those? And those deep passes, if you throw it that hard, it's just hard to catch a ball going at that speed. Quinn Ewers actually improved this season by putting more air underneath his passes for the deep passes, and guys can run underneath them. So we'll see if he's learned how to do that a little bit better, Philly Murphy. Uh, Lorenzo here. I just want to say that I love the show and listen to it religiously. Appreciate that. As for the game plan, I'd love to see the pass run game be about 40-60, only because I'd hate to see uh, give everyone too much on Malik too soon. Also, no one has heard uh, we got Ryan Wingo's commitment today. Uh, yes, we did get Ryan Wingo, five-star wide receiver. He looked like he was going to go to Missouri, uh, but then had the change of the change of uh, I change of mind late in the day, or yes, early today, I guess, and is now coming to Texas. So, yes, a good news for Sark to get another big-time five-star wide receiver recruit. Again, we're talking about a team. You know, you have some good guys like John T. Cook and and. And it, like there's guys on this team after you know next season, but a lot of these wide receivers and a lot of these pass catchers may be gone. So you'd like to be able to see that. Carrie from Georgetown says we just need to make a statement, run or pass. And a massive Spurs fan, check out the spot against Wiggins. Yeah, no, no, believe me, I am. I'm all on board. Uh, it is. It's exciting for women Yama. And I'll tell you the thing that I got texted this morning. I was dealing with some other things, so I didn't get too far into it. But uh, there, I'll, I'll tell you about a a. a a scandalous story that happened today uh, that I got uh, got a text about this morning uh, between the Spurs and the Mavs. I'll get to that in the 6 o'clock hour. But I like that. We just need to make a statement. I think making the statement is running the ball. I think you know when you have you know you have one of the best running backs in college football. I don't know if this BYU defense can stop them. Uh, I agree with Chief Engineer. I'd like to see some more creativity in the run game and try and get some more explosive run plays as opposed to just kind of standard running the ball and then using all your creativity from Malik Murphy. I'd prefer to see that. It'll be interesting to see if they try and run Malik Murphy at all, or if, you know, they're not as, you know, they want to keep him in the pocket or if they try and get him at the outside a little bit and, and bring that edge to the game. Uh, I'm down for a 70, 30 spit of pass to run. I think if Sark comes out uh, with trust for Malik, it will go a long way. He's got the arm good enough to learn from his mistakes and earn the starting to start staying at Texas, let's go. Uh, look, I, I think 70-30, I think Malik Murphy's going to get his passes, but it is. It's just you don't want to see a guy, you know, Quinn Ewers last year. One of his problems was when things went bad, it started to spiral. Malik Murphy, any young quarterback, that's always kind of something you have to say. We have to keep putting the positives out there. So once you start relying on the pass too much, even if he's not doing anything really that wrong, if you're three and out, and then you go back out and you run the ball once, and then you pass twice, and you're at three and out again, well, it becomes harder and harder for him to believe in what he's doing, and so you have to kind of be conscious of we got to make sure we just pick up first downs. However, we do it, keep him out on the field. So if he's not completing those passes early, get him in there. But if he is, then yeah, you can keep throwing the ball because I'm pretty sure BYU is planning to try and sell out more and stop the run, you're going to try and stop the guy you know is there unless they're just based on turnovers and hoping we'll get some League Murphy uh, interceptions. I would assume they're going to try and stop the run more uh, when you know it. that's what they're kind of going to do. Uh, uh, Coach Rodney from Rosebud Lot says, I've got faith in Malik. Just win whatever it takes. He's going to be fine. He had a week to work with the ones. Light it up. I, I think he'll be, he'll be okay with the ones. It is a question, though, for me of, you know, that – Elite timing takes a long time to get to. It takes more than one week if you're talking about fractions of a second. I mean, A.D. Mitchell and Quinn, you are still miss on some of those uh, of timing routes just because they're not running precise, completely precise routes. 
Uh, but we'll see. We will see how it goes. We're going to need some more text. We come back uh, in, that t- in this next hour, the hour two of the Sports Complex. Again, some NBA, some NFL, and a whole lot more here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.